Thank you. I'm Carrie Barber, and I've been in the church for several years and um, love being here with you guys. So thank you for allowing me to be here. Thank you for allowing me to get this week. There was a lot of study in this week, wasn't there? Okay. So history so far, first week, good news about faith. How awesome is it is that this is faith and not works because there have been days that I haven't wanted to work, that maybe days I'm on the wrong path, but this is all about faith, and that's what's really cool. Then we have week two, good news about hope. So you can put your hope in God, and it's well-placed there that even though we have some disasters in our life, that God can produce good through all of that, and that we can hope in Jesus' blood through faith in the future that we have with him. And then we have good news with daily life, right? That daily life happens, that we're all in life together, sometimes a little hard, but that when we surrender our lives, that even though sin has power, that the Holy Spirit has power to give us through all of that, and we can have great good news in our daily life. And then comes week four, good news with God's plan. I don't know about you guys. I was glad I had an extra week, and I've been on this for months. It it was very intense, wasn't it? It really was. But coming off the beautiful Romans 8, which is like one of my favorite chapters, I got to 9 and said, God, apparently we're going to be doing a lot of talking in the next couple of weeks while we figure this out. So even though it's sometimes a tempting to skip past the really hard stuff, right? To say, oh, I love Romans 8 and I love the story of faith. I don't get this. It's a little bit confusing. Let's just move on to the next couple of chapters. I want you to know that there's some things in here that Paul and God want us to know. So that's what we're going to focus on. So let's walk through some really big ideas. We're going to go slow so we can wrap our heads around it. But there's a couple of things that I really want you to remember today when we're walking through this. And the first one is... There is a difference between reading your Bible and studying your Bible, right? Big difference. Reading is good. Studying brings a knowledge base. And with knowledge comes power. And in this crazy, sin-filled world that we have, we really need the power that comes from the knowledge of knowing what God is telling us. Jesus told a parable of the sower, and it was actually talked about a couple weeks ago in church. Um, he tells it in three, it was in three of the, of the, um, in the Gospels, and it talks about the sower that goes out there and he sows his seeds, right? And some of them fall on the path, and the birds come along and scoop up the seeds and take them away, and they never get a chance to grow. And then some fell on the rocky places where it didn't have a lot of soil. It it grew up, but when the sun came down and it got hot, they shriveled up and didn't make it. And then there's other seeds that fell where the weeds came and choked it out. And then at last, there were seeds that fell on good soil. And it, it created deep roots, and it grew into amazing plants. And Jesus said it was 160 or 30 times what was sown. And he said, whoever hears this, let their, whoever has ears to hear this, let them know. So why am I telling you this? Because studying Romans is really great. And I want you, as we go through this, to realize that we don't want these things to fall on shallow soil. We want it to fall on deep soil. Things that we have spent time to invest and to cultivate so that this words can grow. So that's Don't be afraid of the hard stuff. Really, what I wanted you to hear more than anything, don't be afraid of the hard stuff. God does say in James 1.5, one one of my favorite scriptures, if you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So it is okay to say, God, I don't get it. 
I don't understand. Can you give me the wisdom on this one? And the light bulb may not go off today, but I guarantee you God wants you to know what's in his word, okay? And the second thing that's really, really important for us to talk about today is that God wants none to perish. That's really important to him. Matthew 18, 12 through 14 says, what do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hill and go and look for that one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any of these should perish. So how many does God want to perish? Excellent. All right, so let's get to this. So as you know, we've been talking about this time in the Roman emperor, in the empire of exile the Jews had gone through, right? They had recently been out of the area and are starting to filter back. And they were really not just kind of wandering out, they were kind of pushed out. And they were pushed out of Rome by the Roman emperor Claudius. Okay, so Claudius was a weak, odd duck, not my words, who suffered from several afflictions and is said to have received the emperorship because he was the last male in the family, all right? There is nobody else we can take, and he gets it. He is described as having weak knees that gave out, his head shook, he stammered, his speech was confused, and he thought possibly to have Tourette's syndrome. He slobbered, his nose ran, and oh yeah, he had weak hands too. So you can see, I mean, right? I mean, doesn't that just, you can kind of see that that's not somebody that's going to like actually get voted in as he's like drooling, you know, and stuff. So he has a lot to prove, right? We all know he only got there because he's the only one left. We got to take what we can get. But he is going to prove to everybody that he is warranted to be there, right? So he's kind of got a little bit of his chip on his shoulder. Now, he did a lot of good things in Rome at this time. He actually did some great things with roads and commerce and those kind of things. He really had some great things that he did for Rome. But he had a real problem if anybody tried to take any power. It was a real problem for him. And at this time, there was a big push in the Jewish community when he came into to rule to have a little bit more um, authority and increased rights. And so this is pretty much what led to them being decided that they weren't going to be able to stay in the area. And it first started with Claudius saying that they could no longer gather in the synagogues because they felt like that the Jews coming together in the synagogues was when they got a chance to talk and they got a chance to be strong. And so therefore, let's put a stop to that. And then pretty much right after that, they were kind of invited to, to, to leave. So the edict happened in A.D. 49, so they could no longer gather in synagogues, and then they were left out. Paul's letter was written in A.D. 57, and the Jews had slowly started to return to Rome after Claudius' death in A.D. 54. And by the way, you guys, he was poisoned by his own wife and his physician. Like, <laughs> this poor guy, just not a, not a great life, okay? So in that time... The Romans had taken over the synagogues, right? So they had come in. This was now their church. This was their place. And the Jews are coming back, and they're kind of feeling like, hey, like, this is our space. Like, you know, 
who's going on? It started to create a conflict. Okay, so it created a conflict over the buildings, over the beliefs, kind of everything. So this is where Paul picks up and he starts to feel this conflict and he wants to address these hard feelings between the Jews and the Romans that were going on at this time. So Paul puts out there that he himself is a Jew, but he's called to preach to the Gentiles. And he wants to address these hard feelings in these chapters and to kind of readdress God's grace. He wants everybody to know about God's mercy, about their faith, that it belonged to both Jews and Gentiles. So he's trying to bring them together. And to show the depth of his conviction on this, he actually makes this statement in chapter 9 that says he would give up his own faith if it meant that all of Israel would follow salvation through Jesus. Okay, so this statement is not to say that he so little values his faith, because we know that's not the case with Paul, right? It really is more like a statement, much like a mother would say when our child is sick, sick I wish I could take this so that they didn't have to be sick. That's the kind of love that Paul is, is speaking in this, that it was so important that the Israelites also recognized Jesus and what he did, and that God's grace and God's mercy is what gives life, not the history and family of the Jewish historical um, bringing. So Paul states that although through several Old Testament verses that God did choose Israel as his people, but it isn't any longer through the law or through works or through family bloodlines that you receive righteousness. It's all through God's mercy, his grace, and the sacrifice of Jesus' blood by which we're saved. And then Paul makes it really, really clear that anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame and that there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. So Jesus is Lord over all. Paul then shifts to give us our marching orders. So in Romans 10, 14 to 15, it says, how then can they call on the one that they do not believe in? And how can they believe if the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear? without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it's written, how beautiful are the feet who bring good news. So, how many people does God want to perish? None. So, neither Jew, neither Gentile, good news through Jesus for all of us, right? So that's our marching orders. That's what we have to do. So we got to spend a lot of time in our group tonight talking about how we came to know and who it was and what that picture of good, beautiful feet looked like. So not hard, it's relationships, it's living your life, it's sharing your light, it's sharing your love to both Jew and to Gentile. Then Paul starts to speak about these engrafted branches, which can kind of sound a little bit daunting too. So the main vine being God or Jesus, and Jesus tells us that he is the vine and that we are the branches in John 15, 5. Paul reminds the Romans that they are grafted in and it does not make them better than the branches who are the Jews. So coming back to, this is not a pride thing. Even though some branches fall off, speaking of the Jews who believe in works and not in Jesus, that they hear and believe they will be grafted back into that vine and that vine of Jesus, and how much more will they flourish and grow because that's where they came from. So Paul reminds us that those are grafted in, Gentiles need not be arrogant. So in our study this week, 
We also read a little bit about Calvinism, the acronym TULIP, about Arminianism, and the five articles of remonstrance. I had to break that down so I'd say it right, and I still didn't. Predetermination, preselection, free will. I don't know about you guys, but I started to feel like the quote from Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz, like lions, tigers, bears. <laughs> oh my, there was so much here that I just thought, how confusing. Like, how do I even stand up here and tell you guys that I get it all? Because I don't get it all. So don't stress, okay? This is the part where study is a little bit harder than reading the word. But there's more beliefs than the two that were laid out for you, and I'm not sure if your discussion group leaders led it with you, but this is where we need to dive in to create the good soil. And there's a couple of good sermons that Joe Duke had preached, and they lead to these same philosophies. So if you want to write them down, I will tell you what they are so that you can go out there and look at it. One, um, one is called Grace Works, and it's once you're in, you're in. And the date on that one is January 25th of 2009. And then the next one is Context, Confessing Jesus. And it's on Romans 10, 9 and 10. And that is from August 26th of 2018. Okay, so while we walk through this, the one thing I want you to remember with all of these things that were in the book and, and lines and what does it mean and what religion believes that and which one believes this, the biggest thing is to remember that whatever you do, do not put more on man than what is really God's to give. What do I mean by that? Don't put something on ourselves that we have to do to earn what is really God's gift to give you, okay? So if you can remember that and dive back into the word, you will be able to find your footing in all of these other things. I wasn't here this weekend, I was out of town, but I heard the sermon this weekend was a lot about the beliefs of, you know, legalism and what's important and, and you know, there was a great quote, and I'm sorry I didn't write it down to, to share with you, but go back and listen to last Sunday's sermon also, because I think that'll help take it away. But we can't work our way into this, and we can't work our way out of our faith and in God's grace, okay? It's not based on us and what we do. It's based on what God did for us. So when you get a chance... Go back and look at some of these things when you're not structured under, I have to get it done for Tuesday because that's our Bible study, right? Take a chance to create that good soil. Look at one. Go back to the Word. Do a search in the Bible for support, for, for verses that will either support or reject what you see, okay? Jot those down, meditate on them, and talk to God. Pray and ask for his wisdom. He will reward you for your time. He will reward you for your study. Go out there, look at some commentaries. Talk to a friend. Sometimes hearing other people's opinions because they come from a different stage in life is really, really valuable. But always go back to the word. 
always go back to what the Lord's telling us and never put more on each of us than what is really God to give us. Okay, I created a workshop in, in some studies. So anybody who really wants to do a study on this, you can. You don't have to take it, and I'll have some out here. I didn't make a ton of copies, and if anybody wants more, I will email it out. But you are welcome to take one if you want to take it back. It's worth the time to create that soil. But I need you to know that God is patient and willing to walk you through all these questions. Because there were other questions that came up in our discussion group tonight that I didn't put in our study tonight. And they were great. And we walked through them and we talked about them. And I also said, I don't know. So sometimes they're going to be big questions, but he wants you to go deeper. So first and foremost, Bible is your first reference. Commentaries or other beliefs come second. Match what you read with the word of God. And remember, God wishes how many to perish? None. Stop by our works, but by our faith. God's grace and blood of Jesus give us our justification, okay? That's what's there. So why are we here studying? Because that's what you guys want. That's what I want too. We're here to create that good soil. We learn by ourselves. We learn in community. But also know that sometimes just this side of heaven, we're not going to have the answers. We may not get it. And that's okay. And God's not afraid of your questions. They're okay. It's okay to question him. It's okay to demand answers and still be confused because he loves that you're out there cultivating your soil. Age, life experience, time, all of those things, they help. They're not going to answer all the questions. It's okay. So when you don't know, just be okay with the fact that you don't know. But the most important thing is what you do know. With Jesus shed his blood for you and for me. And if, even if I was the only one that needed it and all the rest of you guys were perfect, he would have still done it because he loves me that much. He loves you that much. He loves you that much. That's what's important, okay? All right, we are all children of the king. Let's, let's pray. Father, thank you that you have us in your hands. Thank you that you know you are the beginning and you are the end. And thank you that you are bigger than any of our questions and that you are willing to give us knowledge when we ask and that you are going to lead us and it's by faith that we will follow. And Father, help us to be okay with that when we need to. Thank you that you will always be with us, always protect us, always love us, and not judge us for those things that we just don't get answered. We give you the glory we trust you, Jesus, and we love you. Amen.